I was very inspired from an article in Mishpacha magazine, Family First, page 62, from Miriam Katz, Rib Shimon and me. I've just walked in the door to the Tzian and I'm bewildered by the eclectic, colorful assortment of Yidin here on this ordinary Tuesday afternoon. Shiny silver heels, sensible orthopedic shoes, fluorescent pink sneakers. I try to stay balanced on my own two feet while I navigate the crowd. A lady at the door, who looks to be several months past her due date, calmly and persistently approaches every single person who enters, asking for donations for needy kalas. Meanwhile, an unseen woman jubilantly tosses out Sephardic-flavored brachas and handfuls of candy. They shower the kever as those around her answer, Amen, with equal parts of bemusement and fervor. Ladies in sleeveless shirts adjust their borrowed headscarves. A smiling woman holding a newborn in one arm and a toddler in the other poses for a photo. She's flanked by an indeterminate number of other children. Women hold animated phone conversations in front of the sign that reads, please turn off your cell phone. A lady with pink fingernails wearing pants places a bottle of Arak on the caver, murmurs fervently for a few minutes, and then removes the bottle and leaves, apparently satisfied. After the three-hour bus to Maron, I have some trouble getting my bearings in the midst of this holy bedlam. I find a seat in the corner and try to focus. Immediately, I'm distracted by a stream of cold air from the air conditioner blowing directly on my face. A small bird alights on a shelf and begins pecking at a forgotten cookie. An elderly woman struggles to open a metal folding chair. I give her my seat. She smiles gratefully, says something incomprehensible in a language I may or may not know, places a tray of rugelach on the seat I vacated, and walks away. I wander around, displaced and unsettled. This is what goes on at the gravesite of one of the holiest people who ever lived? How can I find the sense of balance and deeper interconnection I've been craving when the room is filled with all these characters? Until suddenly I realize, I'm burning up people who came to visit a tzaddik. See those two little girls in shorts, dark, beautiful eyes? Their mother brought them to Miran to see a tzaddik. Once, I was also a dark, little, eye, little dark-eyed girl in shorts, and the most interesting place I ever got to visit was the science museum. See that lady adjusting her scarf over her sleeveless top? She has enough covet for this place to put on that scarf. Do I have that same covet? Though I'm dressed more, more appropriately, I'm watching from the sidelines, and I can't even manage to be wholeheartedly present. Wholeheartedly present. See that elderly lady in the gold sequin t-shirt taking dozens of selfies at the caver? She and I share a collective neshama. Am Yisrael looks as much like her as like me, and the kedusha of our core selves is identical. In the middle of absorbing this, absorbing this truth, I notice that her necklace reads, Miriam, my name, she is me. Slowly, slowly, I stop burning people up. Slowly, slowly, the neshama of this place starts to shine through the neshamas of the people who are here. Slowly, slowly, I relax, find my bearings, claim my place among these eclectic holy people who are mine. Belonging is more complex than we can imagine. It's not about ignoring the fragmentation we see, but it's also not about judging the differences either. Reflected in the glass by the caver, I notice an Arab cleaning woman peering in, cigarette dangling from her hand. I wonder what she sees. Does she sense the chaotic unity here? Can she? Or is that just for us to find? A woman I've never seen before rubs me warmly on the back as I'm leaving. Besuro Tovot. I think I finally get why Reb Shimon needed an extra year away from the world. If I could find the lady with the Iraq, I'd drink a Lachaim with her right now. This is Avi Fishoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.